Welcome to Back on the Broomstick, a modern witch's spoken word grimoire, where two witchy friends from way back are reconnecting to their pagan roots after a long period of mundanity. We're rewalking the path of the wise and trying out all the latest spells, rituals, and magical theory in today's witchcraft and pagan practices. So grab your wand and your incense, your cauldron and your crystals, and join us as we get Back back on the Broomstick. Hi, and welcome to Back on the Broomstick. I'm Layla. And I'm Shell. And today we've got a try it episode. We haven't done a try it episode in so long. I'm excited because that is all a part of getting back on the broomstick. That's very true. And this time we decided we were going to try our hand at taking a ritual and rewriting it to be a little more personal to work better for us. I feel like that is a hot topic right now. So as much as you and I have had experience with writing our own rituals and writing our own spells or adapting rituals and spells that we have found elsewhere, I really wanted to kind of talk to our listeners today about how we do this because it is a hot topic right now. And we want you to try it. Literally, the best way to get good at magic is to do it. There is only so much that reading books or listening to podcasts or finding information online can do for you. Unless you get yourself messy and jump right into the magic, it's not going to really be real for you. I think the most important thing, and I want to put this out there right now, right from the get-go, because, you know, I am such a fuck around to find out, girl. (laughs) But honestly, you can't really do it wrong as long as your intention is there Like you can't do it wrong. Like you can't. That's very true. And I know a lot of times it probably gets very frustrating, especially for newbie witches to hear, just do it how you feel. Just do what feels right. Your intention is always right. Because that sounds great. If you don't know what you're doing, you're like, well, what the hell does that mean? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That can be very frustrating to a newbie because they just want a set of instructions. And honestly, you can find in pretty much any book you pick up or any website you go to or even podcasts, you can find spells and rituals that people talk about. But what you really need to do is make it personal for you. You need to kind of be able to, what did we say when we were kids? Take the best and leave the rest. These books are great. I, I, I love books. We've been, we've been reading books on witchcraft for 30 years and I love them and I still buy them. But You get this great ritual or this great spell and you're reading what someone else put into it and what their intention was. Now you can take the base of it and the body of it and just personalize it. That's all. Just personalize it. Yes. And really what Shell is saying is take your book, look up a spell. Today we're going to be talking about home protection spells and how to ward your house, cleanse, guard, ward your house, a home protection spell. And say you don't have some of the ingredients that are in it or or say that it, it doesn't fit the shape of your house or the idea that you want. You can really rewrite those parts to work with what you have. Or more importantly, and don't forget this piece, Layla, is there might be some of you guys that are also in the broom closet and you can't do some of these things as written. Or maybe here's another thing. Maybe you got beautiful kitties, which Layla and I are cat lovers, just saying, And you don't really want to be like throwing cinnamon all over your floors because you don't want to harm your kitty kitties. So we want to try to give you ways to alter things that suit your situation and your need and your intention and your want. 
And that's where what Shell says about what works for you really comes into play. Because magic is about your belief system, what your magical brain finds magical, what your magical brain makes all the little hairs on your arms stand up and gets you all excited and happy and you can kind of feel that rush of magic. That's going to be different for each person. You know, some people really love cinnamon for protection or money spells. Other people can't stand it and prefer to use rosemary or bay or blue lotus or something else. And that's fine. It's just like Shell says, it's really what works for you. And you're never going to know that unless you get in and try it yourself. Can I just give you a really like quick aside? Sure. And it's relevant. It's not that I'm, I'm not veering off course. It's relevant. Okay. I'll allow it. Okay. Well, thank <laughs> you. So, you know, sometimes you can oversage, you know, there comes a point where it's like, geez, I have Oh, saged. we've been there. We've, yeah, yeah. we've gotten out of your apartment because we've oversaged. <laughs> we actually were the thing as we were saging out at points. That's right. There are times when instead of using sage to cleanse, I actually use Nag Champa. Why? I don't know. Because I want to. It's my, my favorite. favorite. <laughs> but because that's my intention, it works for me. Now, it might not work for you if that's not your intention, but I have made Nag Champa a cleansing thing in my life. And, you know, you may read a book definition that tells you otherwise, but in my magical life, it does. And the reason that works is because smoke cleansing is such a big thing in so many different cultures and religions and practices. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be sage, any kind of smoke. And then your brain can take it one step further from smoke to steam. You right. could do a, a steam cleansing, or you could go even further from smoke to steam to sound. Your limit is your imagination and your own magical brain and the connections that you make between things. If smoke is used to cleanse something because it can permeate everything and get into all those nooks and crannies and then carry out the negative and allow good things to come in, what else can do that? You just have to kind of then go to the next thing that's similar that works better for you. And I mean, that was just, you know, just some random example I had, but it's so relevant. It's, it's very relevant to taking a concept and making it your own. That's what we're we're talking about. You know, I tend to, I don't want to say be a little more loosey-goosey, but you've always been a little bit more formal than I. You know, I'll just do things like if 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 I want to ward stuff off, it's just a matter of burning something, whatever I got. If I only got raspberry leaves on hand, guess what's getting burned? Raspberry leaves. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, you got to go with what you got. And there's been times in my life where I couldn't buy all the fancy herbs and, you know, even if they were just grocery store herbs, I, I still at one point or another might not have been able to get them. And you just go with what you got. And there's also been times where I've had to cleanse with a black candle because you know why? That's what I had. And people are like, oh my God, you did what? Yeah, I did. Fight me. I don't know. <laughs> a candle is a candle is a candle. And the color is only as important as it needs to be for you. So again, that applies to a lot of things that Say you're in a place where you can't burn incense. You can't burn anything. Right. When I was in college living in a dorm, incense was a no-no. But you could use one of those oil warmers. Right. And that's very in the broom closet. No one's going to suspect you're a witch if you've got your wax melts going all day long. But what you're really doing is cleansing your space. And there's also battery-operated candles. 
even yeah. though it's battery operated candle, it's all about the intent, not whether you actually light it or not. For some people, like for myself, battery operated candles don't do it for me. If I can't burn a candle, I will use something else for fire. I'll use a red stone or I'll have a, a red flower there instead of a candle. If For me, battery operated don't do it. But for someone else, that glow, that light might be exactly what they need. Now, folks, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. Layla's forgetting a little piece of her past right about now. Because I, I recall a ritual that we did where we couldn't have a fire or didn't have a fire. Or it was raining. I don't remember the circumstances, but we used a glow stick. We used a glow stick and you were just in, as much into it as you always are. We were camping. It was the woods. A glow stick was perfect. <laughs> Still a glow stick. It's all yeah. I'm Oh, absolutely. There's a time and a place. But on my altar, if I can't burn a candle, rather than put a battery-operated candle light, I might use a red rose or something else to represent that. Just because for my magical brain, that doesn't work. Now, to kind of circle back to our, our home protection thing here, I've read a lot of stuff online where, you know, step one, you must cast a circle. Step two, you must call the quarters and invoke deity. Have you ever seen me? I know you have. Because you've shown up at my house mid doing it, where I'm running around in Minnie Mouse pajamas with a broom, flying the broom in the air, going, shit, better get out of my house. Get out, because I say so. Like I've done that and yeah. it's worked. Mm-hmm. Works great. <laughs> you know, the neighbors think you're a little loopy, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but you know, that negative energy got the fuck out of your house, though. And it did. And, you know, I'm not saying there isn't a time and place for that full on absolute high magic stuff and 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 i get it and i and i love it i do but you know when when you're doing two kids as a single parent sometimes you're just running around the house flailing a broom in the air because that's all you got time for Mm -hmm. and as long as the intention is there it's just as effective if i would have sat there and done some high magic ritual absolutely in my opinion That's what we used to call kitchen magic. Basically, magic that people could do out of their kitchen. Easy peasy, just with whatever you have on hand, you just do it. As opposed to higher magic or ritual magic, which we will also talk about. And the reasons why I think high magic has a place, especially for a beginner witch. I have actually done a ritual where I've used Italian seasoning as my incense <laughs> because that's where I was at in my life, darn it. <laughs> but in my mind, it was like basil and it worked. Smoke is smoke, man. Smoke is smoke. Now, what would you give as a suggestion? You know, I'm kind of rambling on about the, the willy-nilly stuff, but what would you give as a suggestion as far as rewriting a formal ritual? Because a lot of the, the kitchen witch stuff or what we've called kitchen witch, kind of the hodgepodge, put it all together, throw it all together stuff. I find that easier sometimes than personalizing or recreating a serious, full-on ritual, like the whole cast in a circle, quarters, deity, the whole kit and caboodle. I think, and I might lose some people here because I know that folk magic and kitchen witchery and easier magic is a little bit, is very popular right now. And I love it. Absolutely love it. And I I also tend to- I like to call it everyday magic. Everyday magic. That's mostly what I do. However, high magic and ritual magic has a place, especially for a magical brain. And don't let Shell fool you. We used to do very well written out 
annotated quarter calls, deity calls, you know, energy raising. We had the framework of every ritual written out and there was a reason. The reason for the framework is because our brains like ritual and routine and that becomes right. magical and in and of itself. The reason that Shell can run around her apartment waving a broom over her head, throwing Italian seasoning at things is because she has done these other rituals right. and trained her brain into magical pathways. For example, say um, I just heard a speaker just recently talk about being at festivals. And she said that she always loves being a, a speaker at festivals. And I know you and I have done this show where you, you're telling the group in front of you, okay, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z magical thing. And first we're going to talk about grounding. And you can see some people in the crowd kind of shift a little and they're grounded. You can almost see them go from mundane space to being grounded and ready for whatever. They didn't need to do anything. And that's because they have made those neural pathways in their brain right? that they can do those things without even having to do the ceremony around it. But because they did the ceremony so many times beforehand, it's now second nature. You're, you're right. And I guess I forgot that piece that I do kind of have that trained brain. So definitely there is something to be said for that ritualistic. And, and I absolutely still love it as much as I loved it back then. I don't do it as much as I did it back then, but I love it just the same. But I, I feel for every day, day to day stuff, the kitchen, which is. Yeah. And the, the everyday hodgepodge, too, is more full of ritual and ceremony than you might think. Like every morning when you get up, do you have a cup of tea? Yep. <laughs> That's a ritual. Every morning, if you get up and do the same thing, if, if you get up every morning and make a cup of tea and write in your journal, that becomes a ritual. And if you create that space to be a peaceful, tranquil, getting ready for the day space, if you make the same type of tea you can put yourself back into that situation, that same state of mind, just by recalling that ritual, that tradition, because you've done it so many times. And, and another easier one, you know, maybe you're not a tea drinker, boo to you, or maybe you're one of those people that, which I love you if you are, that you wake up with enough time to do what you got to do and get out. Sleep is precious, folks. Remember that time we had a conversation where I told you I never really meditated? Yes. I figured out that I'm full of crap and that I do. And <laughs> Layla wins, I know. Mark this moment, I never win. Okay, keep going. Shower. What do I do every day after I get up? I take a shower and, and I've consciously started to realize that I've done this. And, and that whole meditation episode we did actually sparked <laughs> me keeping track of this. Yay. I do utilize the shower for like that meditative kind of cleanse you like just kind of get everything washed away not not physically dirt well yeah physically dirt obviously I'm in the shower but that cleansing me to go out and deal with the people of the world for the day that sometimes especially if you are a parent you know I'm preaching to you sometimes that time in the shower is your one minute of peace your one minute of alone time and the shower can do wonders for you mentally I mean, obviously you're going to come out clean, but you can come out in a better mental spot from a shower. Turn your shower into a ritual. What the hell? You're in there anyway. Anything that you do repetitively helps to make those neural pathways. And so that's why for me, full rituals where 
I know I don't need to draw a circle. I don't need to acknowledge the quarters or deity, but because it's something that we have done for so long, it's very soothing to me. It immediately puts me into magical space. I feel like I have shifted from the mundane world to the magical world when I start to do these old familiar patterns. Okay, but riddle me this, Batman. So you're reading an awesome book, like, oh, say, Jamie Della's A Box of Magic, just saying, and you find this great ritual. Let's say, for example, you see quarter calls. Okay, you know, you're calling east to the powers of the east, to the air, to the blah, 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 whatever you're going to say. And you look at that in the book and you're like, you know, that sounds pretty poetic. And I kind of like that. But what would your first suggestion be to our listeners on how to take that statement out of the book and maybe change it into your own. Because I think what people misconceive is that you see these quarter calls, you see these rituals, you have to cast the circle and say this chant. No, you do not. First of all, no, you do not. And second of all, if you want to make up your own chant while you do it, rock on with your bad self. You don't have to read it what was out of the book. But if they like what is in the book and want to alter it, what is your suggestion? My suggestion is to take your journal because you know, I love a journal. You are a journaler from way back. I am. Take your journal and write down the parts that you do like, write down what you want and then write down what you want to change and then look up correspondences and see what resonates with you. Especially when it comes to writing quarter calls, you should take notes. I mean, this doesn't sound very sexy or fun, but just write down the things that work for you. Write down the correspondences. And if you've been keeping a journal, you'll know some things that you have used in the past because you got to try this stuff or you'll know. And that's really what a lot of this is, is try it. And, you know, if you are all by yourself and you are a solitary witch and, and you're going it alone, some of this may seem intimidating because you really don't have anyone to bounce it off. But you do have people to bounce it off. You have the spirits of earth and air and fire and water and and the God and the goddess. And I'll tell you what, if it works, you're going to know. And if it doesn't work, you're going to know. You know, when when you are sitting there and, and you're doing the solitary stuff, just remember you're not really alone. And there's so much information out there for our home protection spell. Look up one in a book. Look up three online. You know, if you're lucky enough to know someone, ask someone else what their favorite things to use for home protection are, and then combine the ones that resonate with you. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm going to share my secret recipe for home protection. This is Shell's secret home protection spell, okay? Ooh, go Shh, for it. Don't tell anyone. I won't. Okay. I have a bunch of like freestanding mirrors, like not necessarily ones that are like on the wall, like on a nail on the wall. They're like more freestanding. Okay. So with that in mind, now listeners, don't tell anybody because this is our secret because this is a super secret protection spell. I turn all the mirrors facing out. So like facing the wall as if they were facing outside to the outer greater world. And I honestly say, I'm rubber, you're glue. What bounces off me sticks on you. You know, you said you did that and it's very effective. You're <laughs> you know, like this this like you don't have to have like some nine-line poem. I mean, you can and there, you know, if that's if that's what works for you, then damn it, do it because you gotta do what works for you. But for me, I'm rubber your glue, man. <laughs> 
probably one of the biggest things to keep in mind is that there are distinct parts to a spell, no matter how it's written, whether it's a very simple spell to your most elaborate spell. There are things about all of them that are the same. Intention is the biggest thing, in my opinion. What is your intent? What is your intent? First off of all, you have to know what do you want to do? What energy are you trying to attract or put out there? In this case, we're talking about home protection. So we already know our idea, our intent is to protect our home. Then after that, you need to raise energy for that spell. So you've stated your intention. Now you have to raise energy to give impetus, to give momentum, to give force to that spell. And that can be, I mean, you can do that in in a number of different ways. I've done it making incense and have that be the buildup. Everything I add adds, you know, that more, 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 more. And then you light it, you you know, so so sometimes even just that you can kind of build that momentum. Yeah, you can do it by chanting. You can do it by lighting a candle and pushing energy into that. You can do it by running around, by skipping, by dancing, by drumming, by listening to music. There's a lot of ways to, to raise that energy. The next step is to send that spell out with the energy that you have raised. Push it out to whatever, the universe, the earth, the person, your deity, wherever you're putting that energy, put it out there. And that's it. Those are the three parts of a spell. Are there things that you should do before and after? Maybe. I always think you should be thankful at the end. Being thankful, it's polite. Yep, I agree. You ask for something, you should say thank you. (laughs) So those are really the only things you need to do in a spell. Have an intent, raise the energy, send it off. That's it. That's all you got to do. Everything else is dressing. Including the exact words you use. And and I think that's where people get caught up. They think I have to say it the exact same way Layla said it or shit, it ain't going to work. No, no. Yeah, this isn't Hogwarts. You don't have to say Leviosa instead of Leviosa. Potato, potato. Unless you're doing certain types of magic, Enochian magic, Thelemic magic, there are types of magic where that shit matters. Or if you're in certain traditions. Correct. But if you're doing a spell for yourself, it can follow whatever form you like. So we've named the three components of a spell. Intent, raise energy, send it off. That's pretty much what Shell does. She has an intent, she raises that energy, and she puts it off in what works for her in the easiest most at-hand way possible. But then on the flip side, with the ritual aspect, you know, there are certain things that kind of follow a certain order. You know, you are going to cast a circle. However you choose to do that, rock on. Not everyone casts a circle. That's a Wiccan thing. It's a magic thing. I hear a lot of practitioners today, a lot of witches, hate the idea even of casting a circle. Oh, really? Oh my God, that's a whole other podcast. I need to hear it. A whole other podcast. However, there is a little bit of a misconception out there. I hear a lot of people talking about the high magic and Aleister Crowley's reasons for drawing a circle. And his idea, his high magic talks about summoning entities. And so they would cast a circle around themselves to be a protective barrier between themselves and the entities that they are calling. That's not what most witches do. Um, myself as a witch in the tradition that Shell and I came up in, casting a circle was meant to be a place, not a place and a time, not a time. It was basically meant to be a sacred place to acknowledge to your primitive, your magical brain that you are no longer in mundania, mundane space. You are now in magical space where magical working is happening. And the reason you do that 
is to help shift your subconscious, shift your magical brain into magical space. And and honestly, you know, you, you hit this before, but I want to reiterate this. We did that a lot in the past. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be able to just be all willy nilly like I am now, I believe. It, it was that core knowledge, that core base knowledge of deep, serious ritual work that has made it possible, in my opinion, for me to just run around the house, flail in a broomstick like a crazy woman. In your own practice, find what works for you. Like for Shell and I, drawing a circle or, or putting a bubble of protection around ourselves is something that we have done a lot and it becomes easier to do instead of having to draw it physically. Like for our home protection spell, I like to take crushed up eggshells because, you know, salt so yesterday. Take crushed up eggshells and I physically make a circle around my house. And as I'm physically making the circle, I am magically and energetically projecting that sphere of protection around my entire property as a bubble of protection. And having the physical barrier helps to make my brain... Helps that visualization. Yeah, and it helps the magic flow. But I think really the most important thing that that people should take away from this episode is it sounds cliche and I know it does, but really there is no wrong way. And take it from two people who've done it a whole shit ton of different ways. Anything is possible if your if your intent and your will is there. And just keep practicing the rituals. Do one exactly as it is written because you're not going to really know what resonates with you and what works with you until you try it, until you actually do it. So do one or two the way that they're written. There are a million and one freely available online. Grab one of your books. Try one of the ones that we've included in the show notes. And, and just try it as written if you're not comfortable writing your own. And then just change one small thing. Maybe maybe you want to change the chant or maybe you want to change where the quarters are called. Or maybe you want a different deity than what that particular ritual written out suggests. You know, maybe you have found a patron deity and they want you to work with something completely different. Change that. And don't be afraid to change it because this this is not this is not Hogwarts where a slight different inflection is going to completely change your spell. Like Shell said, if If your intent is to protect your home, you pronounce a word wrong in your spell, it's not going to not protect your home. It's your intent will get through. And if you do have a a group that you work with or some friends that you gather with and, and do witchy things with, I mean... How we started was we just all got together and hang out and just kind of started throwing out ideas until something came together. Half the fun was coming up with it. And everyone contributed things that worked well for them. And we tried different things each time we got together for ritual. And that really gives you a basis. You, You really do have to try it. With magic, there's no sitting on the sidelines and reading because you'll You'll never know what's going to, you know, make your heart all happy unless you do it. Unless you try it. Let's try try it. it. (laughs) Jeez, it makes me want to go try another ritual. We will put up on Facebook and Instagram a couple different home protection spells. One a little more formal, one a little more hodgepodge kitchen witch. But we want you to try it with a little bit of your own flair. Yeah, we definitely want you to rearrange something. Pick a different color, pick a different incense. 
cast a circle if that's your choice or don't cast a circle if energetically that feels good to you. You got to take what works for you and, and definitely run with it because what works for Layla and I might not work for you. What works for our situation might not work for your situation. And again, you know, for, for all of the in the closet, in the broom closet, which is out there, you may have to take what we put out there and kind of totally redo it to something completely different. Maybe if, if, if we're all good, I can poke Layla a little bit to maybe add a sigil or two to the post that, that we can add to as a protection thing. Oh, that's a good idea. The thing to keep in mind is that witchcraft is one of those things that is deceptively simple. We're all the time saying, it's your intent, it's your intent, it's your intent. That's all you got to do. And that's true. But witchcraft is something you have to do and experience in order to progress in it. You can read all the books in the world. You kind of have to live it, honestly. You have to live it. Yeah, you just have to try it. You have to do it and write about it, journal about it, or at least just pay attention to how you feel, what works and what doesn't. But you have to jump in and make mistakes and do things that work and do things that don't work or you'll never know. So with that being said, guys, we're glad you listened to our episode today. Check out our socials because we're going to be posting some stuff we want you to try. And if you'd like to email us, get us at backonthebroomstick at gmail.com, backonthebroomstick on Instagram or on Facebook as well. And we want you guys to try it. And if you are so inclined, email us, respond on socials and let us know what you did and what you changed and how it worked out for you. Keep it witchy.